0: message is called Don't Kill the Bird, or actually I was thinking Don't Kill the Bird, or we can also call it Purpose, the Pursuit of People. So one or the other, Don't Kill the Bird or the Pursuit of People. So it's up to you which way you want to remember it, as long as you remember it. Now it is important for us to understand the aspect of Christianity that when we said yes to Jesus... When we said yes to following Jesus, when we said yes to following a man, we said yes to following a man, to pursuing a man. Jesus said, follow me, to the first group of brothers who then became his disciples. He said, follow me. So tell your neighbor, follow me. Follow me. Oh my goodness, like you mean it, follow me. Follow me. Now, Jesus didn't say, stare at me. Jesus didn't say, look at me. He said, follow me. And this is an active pursuit. When you're following someone, you're pursuing someone. And that is what we as Christians are a part of, whether we like it or not. We're not part of a religion. Religion says, come and stay. Come and die. Christ says, follow me, pursue me, continue walking. Now, we're not a religion or following a religion or a system of regulations. We're following a man. We're following Christ Jesus. He never brings us to a point where he says, stay and die. Jesus brings you to a point where he says, follow me, continue following me, because there's more to do. He's always calling you to pursue, to move forward, to keep going. Many years ago at camp, I spoke about the pursuit of peace. For those of you who were there may remember it. Now, I love pursuing God and the word pursue because it means to keep going. It encourages, it empowers. Now, the Apostle Paul said the following, and I want you to help me read up here. It says, brethren... I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. That's not there, yep. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press, I pursue on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. Now, this means that we're not just interested in going to heaven. We're not just interested in having our names written in the book of life. The Bible says that many will say, Lord, Lord, and many will say yes to the point of the concept of eternal life. However, many will not say yes to going after, to pursuing, to seeking God. Or pursuing Christ and what God has for them. Notice when Paul says, brethren, I do not regard having myself laid hold of it yet. It, what is it? It's not salvation. Paul knew that he was saved. We know that we are saved by the grace of Jesus. By God's grace, we are saved. But Paul was talking about pursuing this man, Christ, Jesus. It's more than just saying a sinner's prayer or just a prayer or coming to the altar. It's more than that. This is the entry point for us as Christians. That's where we begin our pursuit of Jesus. Our pursuit of God. Not pursuit, pursuit of God. This is the entry point. That's the only beginning. We don't accept Christ. We put it in our pocket. I've got salvation. That's the end of it. I'm going to go and sit in a sofa and forget about it. No, it begins then our walk with Christ. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the pursuit of God, the pursuit of purpose. When you came here to this place to be empowered by the the messages that you heard yesterday, And the conversations that you've had with one another. It is the entry point of pursuing a purpose. And what is that purpose? To be empowered. The purpose is to pursue people. God wants to give you a purpose this weekend. Today. This very moment. So that you can connect to people. God wants you to pursue people. Because we all need people. We all need to have relationships. We all need to have good relationships with people. And I want to give you what I believe perhaps is the last part of this empower camp or empowering men camp for you to take away with you. That you pursue God. Because when you pursue God, and as you pursue God, you're going to run into people. Because, and I want you to say it with me here, together, God is in the people business. Do you believe that? God is in the people business. Religion is hating people. But Christ loves people. And there are even Christianities, or forms of Christianity, beliefs, that don't like people. Have you ever been to a church where people look at you like you don't belong there and you felt awkward and they look at you like what are you doing here some of them even tell you what are you doing here and you may say "Look, you know what God likes people and I like God and I'm just trying to find people because I want to find God and they look at you like don't come back and you don't and unfortunately it happens in churches when they say, well, you're not supposed to be here. The book of Luke tells us the following. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the final result of the pursuit of God. To seek that which was lost, or is lost. The book of Mark, tells us, as he was going along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will have you become fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and went away, and to follow him. An active pursuit. They left their nets, they left their boat, their father. Immediately says the Bible, they had no issue in dropping everything completely and moving forward. There's no hesitation into going and following Jesus and pursue Jesus and pursue people, because that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus would say, if you will, Peter, what are you doing? You're in the fishing industry, but you know what? If you follow me, if you pursue me, I will allow you to do what you're doing in the people industry, not in the fishing industry. And without any question, without any struggle or hesitation, they immediately, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they would drop everything like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, yeah? They dropped everything and went and followed and pursued. So today I want to talk to you about how do we pursue, how do we drop everything like it's hot and pursue this man, Jesus? How do we pursue people? How do we have the same reaction as Peter, Andrew, James, and John Leaving everything and following Jesus, but you may be saying, Carlos, I'm a Christian already. Amen to that. But remember what I mentioned about being the entry point. Are you in the entry point now yesterday? We got some information in regards to the speakers, one of them. And the question was, what did you get out of you know, the message or, the, or what you spoke about? The first one was, where are you in the kingdom? So the question is, to you, where are you in the kingdom? Where are you? Are you at the entry point? Or are you actually following, pursuing God, pursuing Christ, pursuing people? The other question is, how is your intimacy with God? Is there intimacy with God? Or is there a relationship? Well, I've got a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You know, I've got a relationship with my boss. I've got a relationship with my friends. But how is your intimacy with God? And we'll discover that as we go through. And the other one is, how is your journey with God? Or how is your journey without God? I want you to keep those questions in mind as we go through this. How do we have the same spirit as these people and others who have dropped everything, and began following God. How do we do this? How do we jump at the opportunity that God gives us to be able to connect to somebody, whether at work, whether at school, in the neighborhood, at the local park, hey, at the local pub, I don't care. But how is your relationship, or how are you pursuing that you are able to use these opportunities to be able to witness, to be able to pursue So, how can we immediately respond to Jesus and to God's call for us to pursue people? Notice what Jesus said. He said, if you follow me, if you pursue me, I will make in you. I will fashion in you. I will produce in you. I will construct in you. And I will make you ready. I will prepare you, if you will. I will prepare you to witness. That's what God is asking. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. So I want to pose this question to you. And I want you to look at your buddy next door, uh, wherever you are sitting, and ask him, how do you pursue people? The question's there. Oh, wrong one. There we go. How do you pursue people? I gave it away. How do you pursue people? Come on, ask your neighbor. Come on, help me out here. Come on.
1: How do you pursue people?
0: There we go. There we go. Perfect. I gave it away, but... uh, all right, let's, let's stop right there. All right, so we've asked the question, we had a bit of a giggle. Well, the answer is you don't. You don't pursue people. Hold on a minute, Carlos, you just told me that he came to save and seek what was lost. And now you're telling me, or well, first you're telling me that we need to pursue people and now you're telling me that we don't pursue people. Make up your mind, Carlos, come on. What do we do? Well, you're going to start fishing or pursuing people and you do this by not pursuing people you don't pursue people God is not calling us to pursue people God is calling us to pursue him so we're not pursuing we're not after people we're after God and when we are after God Everything else will be added. Because, and I love this. When you pursue when you pursue him, God, who is pursuing people, all you have to do is be prepared to meet the people whom God is already pursuing. Let me read it again because I love it. When you pursue him, when you're pursuing God, who is pursuing people, all you have to do is be prepared to meet the people whom God is already pursuing. Which means you don't have to pursue anyone. You pursue God and he will present the opportunities for you because Jesus said follow me, pursue me, follow me and I will make you ready. I will prepare you to pursue that opportunity. That's what he's saying. And if I were to say to you, and Gihan hasn't told you yet, but it's a surprise, I'm gonna break the surprise right now, that once we've packed up and we've done everything, I've already selected a few names of everyone here into groups of three. We're gonna go down to Anglesey. I'm gonna, you've already got a street that I've given everyone. And I need you guys to go there to 20 houses, knock on their doors and you go there and you knock And you're going to witness. That's what we're doing. And you may be saying, hold on a minute, Carlos. I did not sign up for that. That's not for me. And you may be saying, oh, God, I'm already feeling sick. I'm already feeling the baked beans that I had this morning. You know, my knees are already shaking because I'm feeling sick. It makes me sick. Well, let me tell you. It makes me sick, too. What? It makes you sick, Carlos, to go there and knock on doors and witness? Well, especially you, Carlos, you're always saying about, you know, pointing people to Christ and pointing people to Christ. And, and the logo at your church or, or the vision and mission at your church is pointing people to Christ. Well, it's true. But I'm not after witnessing. I'm not after witnessing. I'm after Christ who makes in me, who fashions in me, who frames in me the ability and the opportunity in a setting when the setting arises, for me to witness. I'm not in this witness program, if you you will. It's not about the witness program. It's about the fact that you are ready for that opportunity that God places in your life to be able to witness. But imagine if we go to the houses down the road here, perhaps Scott's home down the road, and we knock on the door and say, Hello, I'm from Christ Point Church, Melbourne, or Red Door Church, and, you know, the pastors and everybody else from the church, we're here, and we're here to witness to you. You know, because guess what? We're here to pursue you. Hello? Where'd it go? That's crazy. And sometimes, though, that's the focus and the emphasis. No wonder the world runs away from us, because... It seems like a script, hello, I'm here to pursue you. I'm here to witness to you. you know, and that's one way of doing it that doesn't work. When you see a witness come to your neighborhood, a Jehovah's witness, perhaps, or a Mormon witness, you know, or, or someone wanting witnessing to you about changing your energy provider, or your mobile phone provider, or your internet provider, what do you say? Great! Awesome! This is wonderful. I get a chance to lose and waste two hours of my day trying to witness to this person who's trying to sell me something. Is that what you do? Do you get excited about being able to witness to a Jehovah's Witness, to a Mormon, or anybody else trying to sell you something? Do you get excited? Or perhaps you send your little boy. Go, go, go. Tell him I'm not home. And the little boy goes up and says, my daddy says he's at home is that what we do is that what we do sorry i don't normally do that but yeah i thought i'd do it today so i want you to do when we leave camp today or tomorrow when you go to mcdonald's kfc red rooster gomez and guzman or guzman and gomez here's what i want you to do i want you to witness and here's how i want you to do it when you go there I want you to smile. Hi. Smile. Have you noticed that, what it was like there at the counter? Smile. Look at them in the eye. Hi. And say to them, number two, ask them, if you were to die today, where would you go? And smile. Ask them. And number three, ask them, where's my order? <laughs> I've been waiting here. 15 minutes. That's the reason I asked you if you were to die today, <laughs> where would you go? <laughs> no, I, I don't want you to say that. <laughs> now, why am I saying this? It's a script. That's not how you do it. You know, we've been taught in a Hellenistic way, you know, in an old way, that's how you do it, that's how you witness. We're setting it up. It doesn't work like that. Let God set it up for you. Let Him do it for you. And I want you to see this. When we're following Jesus, we are what? We are at the back. We are behind Him, yeah? But Jesus wants to put you in front of people. And God pretty much, or Jesus is pretty much saying, if you stay behind me, I will put you in front of people. If you stay behind me, I will put you in front of people. Now, how many people here, or us here today, want to be in front of people sharing the gospel? One, two, three, four. All right. All right. Okay. All of us. Amen. That's great. How many of us want to be sharing the good news of Jesus? We all do. How many of us want to be in front of people sharing? We all do. But I believe that many of us don't do this because we're too focused on, you know, if you die today, where would you go? That's not how you do it. And the reason why we don't do this more often is because, you know what, because we're intimidated. We're intimidated by the world. We're intimidated by whatever is going on on the news. We're intimidated, we're afraid to say that we're Christians. We'd rather zip it than say it. But let me tell you something. And I want you to read it with me as I read it. A man that is intimate with God is never intimidated by man. Let's say it again. A man that is intimate with God is never intimidated intimidated by man. So the question goes back to you and your intimacy with God. When you're able to talk to people, when you're prepared to witness and not afraid and you don't care where you are and you're able to share, it's a reflection of your intimacy with God. But if you are like Are you really intimate with God? Or can you say to someone, Hey, how you going? You know what? Jesus loves you just the way he loves me. Really? And you're able to do it spontaneously. Or as Paul was talking about yesterday, someone approached him and said, Look, you know, as he was about to have his steak, you know, um, Paul was ready to speak to him. It has happened to most of us. And how many times have we dismissed that opportunity or missed that opportunity. So if you stay intimate with God, you will never be intimidated to pursue people. And I believe that this is the reason why when it comes to us reaching out, when it comes to us witnessing, when it comes to us sharing our faith with the world or getting into the world of somebody, sometimes we use the lame excuses. of, uh, oh, Carlos, <sighs> you know what? I'm an introvert. You know, and, and I've never shared and I, I, I really don't know how to... Speak to people about God and I really don't know because I don't know what to say. And we do what that guy did to the bird. We squeeze it and we kill it because we don't know what to say. So today, we're going to look at how we're going to do it. And, you know, that's one way. But we've got another way as well. Some people that go out and witness and they say to you things like, you know, Uh, do you want to receive Christ in your life? Do you know what Jesus is? He loves you. Ah, look, you know what? not interested. Well, you're going to burn. Burn in hell. Burn in hell. Burn, burn, burn. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. That's not how you witness. Because someone in the world, if you come up to them aggressively like that, say, you know what, me? I don't want to go to heaven if you're going to be there. That's what I'd be saying. <laughs> Hell no. That's what I'd be saying if someone were to witness to me in an aggressive way. Or when we're actually keeping score. Oh, you know, I saved a thousand yesterday yes. because of what I said. Mm-hmm. Have you met those? Oh, oh, and I saved some. No, you didn't save anybody. You know, is it for your own ego or for his glory? So let me show you some. Here it is. All right, let's go back to John. It says, so he came to a city in Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about the six hour. Now you see, Jesus is sitting on a well. He's a well sitting on a well. And because he was very tired from his journey, he gets weary, like we do, okay? Now, wh- now, let me ask you this. When you go to bed, when you rest, why do you rest? Why do you go to bed? Why do you rest? Anyone? Come on, help me here. Because you're tired. You're and to rejuvenate. To rejuvenate. What else? One more. No? To rejuvenate because we're tired, because we're preparing for the next day, right? We are resting in preparation. For the next day, whether you're going to work, whether you're going to school, wherever you're going, you're resting to prepare. So here we go, Jesus resting and he's preparing for the opportunity that God is going to give him. Because he already knows. So the father is preparing Jesus, preparing him for the opportunity for this woman. And the Bible says a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, hey, give me a drink. Hey, how you going? How's your day? How are those pies going? You know, how's Richmond? Hey, they won yesterday. He's preparing for an opportunity to connect, to converse, and he says, "Hey, why don't you give me a drink?" How you going? Now the disciples, though, they're off after food, they're off after the flesh, and the Bible says. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So while Jesus is waiting at the well, resting, getting prepared for that opportunity, you got these blokes off to the pub to get a pub meal, right? So let me just say something to you. How do you pursue people? How do you pursue people? And this is what I want you to remember. Number one, you got to prepare. Prepare for the opportunity. But how do you prepare Every morning after you give thanks, you should be saying, Lord, use me as an instrument. Allow me to meet someone today that I can share who you are and your love to them. And watch this, Colossians. Paul says the following. Praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up uh, to us a door for the world, for the word, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned. Now, Paul is in prison here. And as we see here, Paul's not praying to be liberated from prison. Paul's not praying, you know, Lord, can you just, you know, miraculously open this door so I can walk out. No, he is praying that he's able to be used by God in the prison for his purpose, for his will. Because he wants to pursue people by pursuing God first. How many of you feel that at work you're imprisoned you go in there same thing every day problems issues and you're in there and you have to work with that obnoxious colleague of yours you know who's mocking you because you're a christian or that person who's always swearing and using the f word and whatnot and you're making and you're feeling really uncomfortable because of that and you have to be there every single day and it feels like a prison but let me tell you that it's not a prison, but rather an opportunity. An opportunity for you to be able to share and witness your faith. You know, and you may be saying, you know what, Carlos, I'm ready to quit. Because you know, I've had it. I've had that joint. That joint is absolutely disgusting. I hate it, and I don't like it. Well, it's an opportunity for you to be able to show them the love of God. And you may be saying, well, well I wish it would happen quickly. I wish God would say to me who he wants me to witness to. Because I want to get the hell out of there. But let me tell you something. It ain't going to happen until that ugly attitude is gone by prayer. Here's what I want you to do. And I really do mean this. I want you to pull out your phones. Pull out your phones. Come on. Help me here. I told you I was going to engage with you. Yeah, and I want you to engage with me. You're part of the service. You're part of the message. I want you to think of three names or three people that you work with or three people that you're actually in contact with that perhaps are not Christian, perhaps don't know who Christ is. And I need you to write down those three names on your phone or on your pieces of paper or wherever. Think of those three names of those three people. Carlos, but I don't know anyone. I only hang out with all these angelical people. They're all Christians. You know, I don't have any friends. Well, you know what? Write down three names or three enemies that you've got. (laughs) How's that? There's a long list. Um, Write three names down. I want you to pray for them, for your enemies. But the three people that you wrote down their names about, I want you to start praying and asking God to give you the opportunity, the chance. The setting for you to start witnessing. For you, sir, for you to start witnessing. And I'll show you how in a minute. And watch God prepare that opportunity for you and for others. To be able to show them this glorious mystery of Christ Jesus. You watch how God will manifest himself. And here's the second thing I want you to do. So now that you've got three names down, I want you to prepare, number one, by prayer. Prayer and ask God to give you that setting, that preparation, and the words that you need to use. Number two, prepare your story. Prepare your story of how you came to Christ and what God has done in your life. Now, most of you and all of you have said before, you know, that you were thankful to God for All the stuff that he's done, well, share that. Share why you are thankful. But Carlos, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have any kids, I don't have this. Well, you know what? God died for you, and we just remembered his sacrifice. Share that. Share your story, your intimate story. The apostle Paul, everywhere he went, he was telling a story. We read in in Acts chapter 26, verse 12, the following. I was journeying through Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priest. Oh, I'm sorry. One more. Thank you. I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who were journeying with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you against me, Saul? Why are you destroying your life by running away from me? So, Saul, don't kill the bird. Don't kill the bird, soul. So let me, Jesus is telling you guys, don't kill the bird. And he goes on to say, and Saul says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you to appoint you a servant and a witness, not only to the things in which you have seen me, but also to the things in which I have appeared to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes, to open their eyes, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness. They may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sacrificed by faith in me. There it is. Now, perhaps your story and mine, you know, it does not compare to the one of soul, but you know what? We have personal stories in how Christ came to us or how we came to Christ. You know, some people say, you know, uh, um, I found Christ. No, no, you didn't. Christ was not lost. You were. I was. He found us. Not us found him. He wasn't lost. We were lost. Um, yeah, I just want to say that. That's my thing. Um, tell your story. Your personal story. You may say to me, I don't have a dramatic story. Like, you know, seeing the life and whatnot. You don't have to, you have to be born again. That's your story. Number three, number one, prepare by prayer. Number two, prepare your story. Number three, prepare your mind. Huh? Prepare your mind. When Jesus said to the woman, give me a drink. What was he doing? He was conversing, having a chat. He knew about her. He knew that she was a Samaritan woman. He knew where she lived. He knew her customs. He knew all that. He knew her doctrines, her beliefs. He knew how to open up to her heart. So let me tell you, don't be ignorant of the news. Don't be ignorant of the news. See what's going around, especially in our society. You need to be aware what's happening to our children in their schools. You need to be aware of what's happening to our churches. You need to be aware of what politicians are doing to us as a community of faith in the living God. Be aware of it. Don't, I don't know, you know, all I know is that yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. And, but that's what we're doing. We've got our blinkers on, and we're covering our eyes to what is happening around us. And you may say, "Oh, Carlos, but I don't know. You know, I, I, I how do you how do you know the Bible?" Well, let me tell you. It's easy. Read it. Read the Bible. You know, watch the news, but read the Bible. See what the Bible says about what's going on. That's the only way you'll know. Now, my favorite verse, and for those of you who have known me for many years, know that this is my favorite verse in Jeremiah 33.3, 3, especially when I didn't know what I wanted for my life. And I quote this everywhere I go. I quote it. My business card has it. Everywhere you see something to do with me, Jeremiah 33.3, 3, where it says, Call to me and I will answer you because he always. Answers when you don't know, you ask, and he will tell you, it's a promise. Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call us, I like, don't know. Ask him. He wants us to ask him, and he's going to respond to us. And if you're not reading, you're not preparing. Read, read the Bible. An easy way, but I don't know where to start. Well, an easy way is get the proverbs. What's today's day? The 18th, I think it is. 18th. Well, proverbs 18th. You read it today, and tomorrow 19th and 20th, and you go on. And at the end of the month, bam, you start again. You know what? First of July, proverbs number one. Second of July, number two, and go on and go on and go on. If you're not preparing, you will never reach people. Never reach people. Number four. So number one, what was it? Pray. Yeah. Number two, what was it? Prepare your story. story. Number three, what was it? Prepare your mind. Exactly. Be aware of what's going on. Number four, prepare your life. Prepare your life. Watch this. Paul says, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to proclaim it. Now, I don't know what to say, Carlos. Let God say it for you. But if you're reading from the Bible, where it's knowledge and God's talking to you, you'll know what to say. And verse five, tricky one, especially for us preachers, for everyone, but in particular, the preachers conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, the world. Making the most of the opportunity. Now this applies for everyone. But I always point it to me. I need to behave. Why Carlos do you need to behave? Let me tell you something. Everyone's watching your life. To see if your words match your behavior. It's not about brother 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 and, and then you're like brother 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 you know with a knife mistake a knife it's not how we are to behave everyone's watching you especially the world they're watching you they are watching me they are watching us have you ever had a moment have you ever had a moment at the cashier Where's my order? Hurry up. I would be here 20 minutes waiting. Have you heard that moment? Even though you're a Christian? I had one at McDonald's before I came here. 15 minutes I was waiting. I was ready to walk in there. And I'm like, Lord, no, 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 no. I'm about to preach about this. I'm not going to go in there. And uh, then the lady looked at me and said, I'll be right back. Another 10 minutes. And I was, So have you ever had a moment where you got a little touchy? Aggravated. You know, Irritated. About the situation, and then suddenly, you you know, and perhaps you would say something to the lady or to that person, you know, or you made a mistake with my order. I didn't order fries; I ordered curly fries. Do your job properly, woman. Have you ever had a woman? A moment? No, a woman? A a moment? (laughs) Have you? And then God says to you, "Hey, I want you to go witness to that." Lord, I just flicked them the bird. You know, I just yelled at them. I just cursed them. Or I cursed under my breath. And God says, Go witness. Go witness. You know, you're the pastor of the church. Go witness. You know, you go to Christ Point or Red Door or Tottenham or wherever it is that you go. Go witness. But let me tell you, The first thing you're going to go and do is, um, hi, hi. Um, look, sorry about the finger Uh, and the words I said. I'm really sorry. But hey, the reason why I'm here is because 2,000 years ago, God said sorry to me. And I said sorry to him because he loves me and he loves you. Now, I don't want to be apologizing to people before I witness. I don't want to be doing that. Because first of all, people are going to think you're crazy. Because you are. So, conduct yourselves. Behave yourselves as a child of God. I don't want to be apologizing. And you don't want to be doing that before witnessing. Live your life in such a way that when you share the gospel with other people... And I, I'm sorry, I know I'm a bit over. I'm almost done. When you share your, his story with other people people can say, you know, I've been watching you and your words match your actions, which means that I'm gonna believe what you're saying because obviously your life displays what you're sharing. Your words match to your mouth and your actions as well. Lastly, prepare for opposition. No, no, not interested, not Bible basher, get away from me, not. Not interested. Come to to church. No, I don't go to church. I'm going to burst into flames. You know, no, no, no. Prepare for opposition. However, the Bible says this. Your speech must always be with grace. As though seasoned with salt. So that you will know how you should respond to each person. Not, not going to church. The last thing they want to hear is, well, burn, burn in hell. Yeah. You can burn in hell. I'm not. They don't want to hear that. Your words need to be with grace. And they need to be seasoned with salt. What is salt? A preservative. Yeah? What you need to preserve is your patience. No college you've invited me to church a million times I've already told you no that's okay I'll keep praying for you come to church persevere patience with love with care with gentleness not praying in hell no none of that persevere patience because you're going to get people saying no to you do it with grace be loving be patient I want you to bow your heads with me as we close up and finish up today. And as you have your eyes closed, uh, I want to ask you, how many of you would say right now, and I want you to raise your hand if that's you, prepare me, Lord, I am willing to be prepared. No, no one. Ah, oh, two. Amen. I am willing to be prepared as I bless you. If that is you, if you want to be prepared by God, just raise your hand and I want to, because we're going to pray for you as as we do this. What I never want you to do is I want you to pursue people under pressure for presenting the gospel. That's not how you do it. I want you to rest like Jesus rested. And maybe some of you are afraid. Yeah. Maybe you're fearful of sharing your story, but that's okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to become more intimate with God. And if it is you that wants to become more intimate with God, say, Lord, I want to become more intimate with you. Raise your hand because I want to be praying for you as well. We all want to become more intimate. Every single one of us needs to, including me. Our relationship with God needs to be not only a relationship, but more importantly, an intimate relationship. You may say to me, Carlos, well, I don't even have a relationship with God. Well, You know, today's the day for us to have a relationship with him, a true relationship with God. And if that is you, raise your hand because I want to pray for you also. You know, if you want to start that relationship with him, you know, the important thing is to start. Because you've got to start somewhere. So as you have your eyes closed, um, you know, I want to pray for you. But I want you to repeat with me these words, and I really want you to mean them because, you know, I also want this for myself. Um, So, pray with me and repeat with me. Lord Jesus, you're the beginning and you're the end. You're the Alpha and the Omega. Today I begin with you. Take my life. Take everything. Forgive me. I've lived without you. And I've tried to do it without you, but not anymore. You're the way, you're the truth, you're the life, and I'm your child, you're my dad, thank you that you never quit. You never quit all the way to the cross. And because all the way to the cross you thought of me, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. May God bless every single one of you. And I pray that you had a wonderful time here at Burnside Camp. Uh, I'm going to leave you now with uh, our brother Guy as as we close up uh, this afternoon or this morning's uh, session. So may God bless every single one of you. Um, It is my prayer that as you leave here, you leave (coughs) empowered, empowered to pursue people by pursuing God. And remember, to pursue people, you simply don't pursue God. Amen.